A tidal wave of class anger is building just beyond the horizon, and when the tsunami hits, the very shoreline will be transformed. Class independent politics, mass strikes, occupations, and eventually the socialist revolution are in our not too distant future. America will never be a socialist country. 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 Attitudes are changing towards socialism. We believe the only solution is the establishment of a workers' government on a socialist program. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Socialist Revolution podcast. My name is John Peterson. I'm the editor-in-chief of Socialist Revolution magazine. You can visit our website at www.socialistrevolution.org. Every episode, we feature contributions and discussions on current events, history, and theory from a Marxist class struggle perspective, featuring revolutionary socialists from around the country and around the world. This episode, we're taking a look at the editorial for Socialist Revolution, issue 30, which went to press this week. 30 years have now passed since the publication of The End of History and The Last Man. Gloating in the aftermath of the collapse of the Soviet Union, the American political scientist Francis Fukuyama made an astonishing claim. According to him, humanity had reached, quote, the end of history as such, that is, the end point of mankind's ideological evolution and the universalization of Western liberal democracy as the final form of human government, end quote. U.S. imperialism had won the Cold War and a glorious future now awaited humanity under the aegis of a so-called Pax Americana. Just three decades have passed since then, a mere heartbeat in the span of human history, and the liberal apologists for capitalism are already singing a very different tune. As their dream of eternal domination evaporates, they twist and turn in helpless agony as they lament the impending quote-unquote demise of U.S. democracy. After decades of failed policies and broken promises, they're bewildered by the explosion of interest in socialism, the rise of Trumpism, and the severe crisis of confidence in the institutions of their rule. The two-party system, the Constitution, and the Supreme Court are carefully calculated straitjackets of equilibrium for the status quo, but they have now turned into their opposite. They are now sources of deep, deep instability. Remember, we were told that 2008 and 2020 were exceptions and once-in-a-lifetime events, and yet another devastating downturn is only a matter of time and may already be here. After years of easy money, near-zero interest rates, and trillions pumped into the economy, the Federal Reserve is between a rock and a hard place, compelled to raise interest rates in an attempt to tame rampant inflation. In response, the stock market has been on a downward roller coaster with major indices already in so-called correction territory, uh, that is, falls of 10% or more. In a report titled, quote, Let the Wild Rumpus Begin, unquote, hedge manager Jeremy Grantham warned that stocks are in a super bubble that won't end well. Millions of ordinary workers will yet again see their modest investments eviscerated while the big dogs get out early and cash in on their short sale bets against the market. 
And as if losing their meager retirement investments weren't enough, inflation has gnawed away at the modest wage gains that have been clawed back by workers in the aftermath of the 2020 implosion. Prices have risen an average of 7% overall in the last 12 months, the fastest increase since 1982, and energy costs are up a staggering 29.3%. Stagflation, as they call it, is a clear and present danger as prices rise, the economy slows, and the Fed runs out of gimmicks. To be sure, 2021 saw 6.4 million jobs added to the economy, the most since records began in 1939. But with the Omicron variant raging, just 199,000 of those came in December, and there are still 3.6 million fewer jobs than before the pandemic, not accounting for population growth. Now, a lot of fuss has been made of the 3.9% official unemployment rate. But the labor participation rate stands at a paltry 61.9%, as tens of millions of working-age individuals are entirely disengaged from the labor market. As for women age 20 and older, the rate is just 57.8% as the burden of childcare falls most heavily on working class mothers. This means that nearly 40% of the working age population is not able to be usefully put to use by the capitalist economy. Now, in the absence of a concerted movement by the unions to fight for improvements in all workers' lives, many workers have turned to individual solutions. There's a ton of anger out there reflected in things like the very interesting anti-work subreddit. People are unwilling to settle for the wages and conditions of the past, and an astonishing 4.5 million workers quit their jobs in November alone, and they're seeking a few extra crumbs from the capitalists' really overbloated pie. Corporate profits are at an all-time high, not only in raw amounts, but also as a percentage of the economy as a whole. Despite rising costs and snarls in the supply chain, after-tax corporate profits were up nearly 39% in the third quarter of 2021 compared with the last quarter of 2019, which is right before the pandemic hit. Over that same span, wages rose just 4.7%, which is well below the rate of inflation. Added to this is the growing burden of debt. As of December last year, U.S. household debt totaled nearly $15 trillion, the most since 2005, and this was driven by mortgage debt and the explosive rise in housing prices. As for Joe Biden, his transformative promises lie in tatters. He's hamstrung by divisions in his own party, and he may well lose control of Congress altogether in the midterms. Americans are pragmatic, if nothing else, and in the banal binary of U.S. politics, contests can be won or lost on the price of gas on Election Day. Dissatisfied with the party in power, even minor lurches in one direction or the other by the electorate can hand power back to the other party, i.e. whoever's not in, uh, in the majority at that time. Now, with only greater or lesser evils on the ballot, millions find themselves in the political wilderness, unrepresented and resentful, further fracturing the already divided political and social landscape. Instead of serious solutions, the beleaguered ideologists of liberalism suggest that people, quote, learn to respect one another, vote, uh, Democrat, of course, let off steam through peaceful protest and, quote, build community by volunteering in religious grassroots and other voluntary associations. For their part, the Republicans are cynically rebuilding their brand, combining thinly veiled racism with right populist blue collar libertarianism. 
It turns out that far from being the party par excellence of the billionaire class, Trump, DeSantis, Cruz, and Noam are actually the true representatives of the working class. Now, I don't think a more damning indictment of the labor leader's failure to launch a workers' party is possible if the Republicans are able to pose as the party of the workers. Now, weighing on all of this is the climate catastrophe, which presents an imminent threat to vast swaths of humanity. Over the last five years, the U.S. alone has suffered nearly $750 billion in damages from these major weather disasters that we've seen. As Rachel Licker, a senior climate scientist with the Union of Concerned Scientists, told CNN, we've known about these risks for so long, it didn't have to be this way. And far from reversing the dangerous trends, Biden's tenure has seen U.S. coal-fired electricity generation rise by 19%. Little wonder so many people have been plunged into despair, demoralization, and fear of a dystopian tomorrow. Layers of stress and strain weigh on the entire planet, giving rise to films and TV shows like Don't Look Up and Squid Game. In a recent New York Times opinion piece titled America is Falling Apart at the Seams, the conservative columnist David Brooks laments that hate crimes are up, charitable donations are down, and church membership has fallen below the majority for the first time. He adds, quote, The number of altercations on airplanes has exploded, the murder rate is surging in cities, drug overdoses are increasing, Americans are drinking more, nurses say patients are getting more abusive, and so on and so on. As a columnist, I'm supposed to have some answers, but I just don't right now. I just know the situation is dire. End quote. That's David Brooks. He doesn't have an answer. He doesn't know what the possible solution is. But revolutionary Marxists reject the impotent pessimism, the escapism, the nihilism, and the false optimism that we often get from the representatives of the status quo. We understand that the root of these convulsions can be found in the crisis of the capitalist mode of production and that transitions between such modes can be as messy and tumultuous as they are exhilarating. A tidal wave of class anger is building just beyond the horizon, and when the tsunami hits, the very shoreline will be transformed. Class independent politics, mass strikes, occupations, and eventually the socialist revolution are in our not-too-distant future. We saw a glimpse of what's to come with last year's strikes and unionization drives, along with this year's student walkouts and the Chicago teachers' job action to demand safe conditions for workers and students alike. Socialism in our lifetime is not only an aspiration, but a revolutionary perspective and a guide to revolutionary action. The end is coming, the end of capitalism. Certainly not next week, and perhaps not even in the next decade or two. But the objective and subjective pieces are falling into place, and history ain't over yet. It's up to the workers and youth of today to prepare the ground for capitalism's replacement by a genuinely humane and just system, and that's world socialism. Thank you so much for listening. Big thanks as always to Laura Brown, our audiovisual producer. Her hard work behind the scenes is what makes these episodes possible. If you liked what you heard today, please share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating, which will help other listeners find us. Or consider making a donation to the International Marxist Tendency or subscribing to Socialist Revolution magazine. Better yet, why not join the IMT and bring these ideas to your family, friends, neighbors, and co-workers. 
You can learn more about the international Marxist tendency and about getting involved at socialistrevolution.org. Stay healthy and safe and keep fighting the good fight, the fight for socialism in our lifetime.